Here we go. All right. So we're live with John Wesley Cummins here. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know this, John, but people are referring to you as an absolute weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, so so. Tell the uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, your background in powerlifting, and uh, you can plug your your company if you'd like. And uh, yeah, who is John Wesley Cummins? Sure, man. I'll just do a brief intro. Uh, my name's John Wesley. Uh, I've been powerlifting. I've been competing since 2011. Um, and I started lifting uh, like strength training when I was about 16 or so. So it's been been a while lifting weights. Um, yeah, business-wise, I, I run a strength and conditioning business where I train athletes and powerlifters and give them the tools they need to uh, succeed and become better athletes. And that's that, yeah. Right on. So you, you coach teams and um, like volleyball teams and basketball teams and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I work for a small college in Abbotsford. I work with their men's and women's uh, basketball and volleyball teams and in uh, strength and conditioning capacity. Um, and then have some online clients that uh, have a pretty wide range of, of goals, which keeps things interesting. And then some in-person training to keep me busy too. Beautiful. You uh, do you incorporate some some powerlifting into the the strength and conditioning for the the basketball players and the volleyball players and those kind of athletes? Do you incorporate some powerlifts in there? And oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. strength is a it's it's always a foundation to most if not all of my clients. It's it's always a foundation, and that's kind of based in the powerlifts for me because that's that's what I know and I stick to what I know and. There's a lot of value in um, getting young athletes stronger. Uh, a lot of the times we'll get, you know, your first and second year athletes coming in with a very, um, very weak or, you know, low strength base and just getting them stronger has massive benefits for uh, performance and also just their injury prevention and resiliency. It's, uh, it's kind of just one of those major factors um, that's super important for them. So. Yeah, I definitely um, use the power lifts. I don't, I don't bench with many athletes, but squatting and deadlifting is is definitely kind of they're they're kind of the foundational movement patterns um, that I use with them. Yeah, it translates to sports so so um, so flawlessly. Like if you're if you you're squatting, you know, properly, and you're squatting, um, you're a strong squatter. You're going to be able to jump high, right? Like they they translate very. Yeah. Oh yeah, and even just learning to move, right? Like teaching an athlete to you know a basic squat mechanic, you know, just teaching them a goblet squat and getting them to sit back and knees out, chest up, basic cues, right? Yeah. Those can have massive benefits in in learning how to move like that. I've had athletes with you know horrible bases come in. One, like, I had one guy in particular who had a terrible strength base coming in, and we just worked on bringing up some very general strength. You know, we didn't touch any speed or power work, um, you know, because you can't really build speed and power on a, a weak athlete. And the dude put on five and a half inches on his vertical from um, September to, to April just from, you know, learning a bit of strength and how to move, right? So the, the benefits are, yeah, they're massive. Wow. That's that's legit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what's kind of your training philosophy with uh, with powerlifters in particular? Um, you coach a few powerlifters. Uh, what yeah. is what is your kind of philosophy behind your training method? Um. I mean, just 
just in general, I'd say it's just giving the athletes the most appropriate tools for their goals that um, have the highest possible results at the lowest cost, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, just trying to uh, give them the most appropriate tools for, you know, for where they're at and make sure it's not um, costing them too much long term and keeping them on the right track. So the training kind of grows with them as they grow as an athlete? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of times I, I end up um, kind of directing some training on the kind of more towards the resilience side of resiliency side of things. I think my strength and conditioning background comes into play where a lot of my accessory work is a bit different from traditional powerlifting movements and um, a little bit more centered around, you know, past injuries and injury prevention. And I have a little bit of fun with, with that stuff, but um yeah, otherwise it's, you know, pretty simple stuff. Right on, right on. What uh, what have you been up to since Nationals? Have you Are you prepping for another meet here coming up, or what are you doing? Yeah, I've been prepping for, uh, I've been taking a little bit of time. Um, Avi, my coach, who I know coaches you as well, and I, I really enjoyed the the podcast you had with him last week. But Thank you. we decided to kind of take uh, three weeks just to let the body um, kind of, recover a bit so we did some off-season work for three weeks i'm just wrapping that up now i, I haven't really had a, much of a break um in about a year so taking a bit of time to um, get out of the equipment a little bit and give the body a break has been good but now i'm kind of back at prepping for uh provincials gonna do a nice uh, kind of a fun local meet uh over there do- in lang is that three lift are you doing yeah okay. yeah i'll be doing three lift yep okay so do you kind of fall into the cycle of provincials, nationals, and then an international meet and then repeat that cycle? I, that's what I did last year. And, and I really liked, um, you know, how that how that worked. And you kind of build momentum with each meet. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I'd like to continue that in the future. I'd like to uh, try to get in, you know, one international meet a year if, if possible. And um obviously do nationals every year and provincials is always a blast here in, in yeah. bc they they do a really good job Gabe Gabe and ben yeah. do a good job um did you apply for any international meets yet like uh, commonwealths is in canada this year um do you apply for that one i did not no i'm i'm okay. kind of considering it i think i'm kind of traveled out right now i've been doing a lot of travel um between meets and some work yeah and and some work related stuff so i'm just kind of uh traveled out and I, i'm kind of more locked in on uh improving my placing at nationals next year and fair enough in hopes of doing more international work in 2020 fair enough fair enough um speaking of international uh meets you were at um open open worlds last year for uh representing canada as a 105 kilo athlete um competing alongside adrian Locke, uh representing canada um Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the international experience and and what it's like to. Uh, that was your first international meet, right? Or was it? Kind I, of... I had done uh, bench only at Commonwealth uh, okay. back in 2015, but that was the first kind of real big one. Yeah. And that was in Canada, right? Yeah, that was in Vancouver okay. back then. Okay. So this is the first time you've ever really, you know, done a big travel for a meet uh, across yeah. across the world, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. tell me. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that. How how that affects your your game day, if it affects it. Um, you know, tell me about uh, how it was like going to Sweden and then competing. Um, 
Um, yeah, man. Like I know, I like I listened in with you and Abby, and I think he's really bang on when when he says, you know, there's a lot of um, kind of lights and show, and um, it's a bit crazy. But once you get under the bar, it's it's another powerlifting. Um, I will say that like it took until after my opener to to kind of get into the groove, just because it was such a big show right like it's just massive stage and these amazing lifters that i've watched for so long in front of me um it took a little bit to kind of settle in um traveling was you know it's it's a long flight and everything out there um but you plan ahead of time right you're intentional with with your meals and your fluids and you know your rest and everything so as long as you're planning things appropriately it's it's not too wild. I'd just say like having a plan is, you know, it keeps you in control of things. Um, outside of that, like it's, it was a blast. I just tried to really enjoy it and, and have fun and ended up having a, a good day for myself. And, um, yeah, I think next time I'll be a little bit more in my, in my comfort zone. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on, uh, maybe next year's worlds if you can improve your placing and, and, uh, yeah, I, I would love to go to 2020 Worlds if if I can improve my placing. That's that's kind of the idea. Right. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah. The 105 division is stacked with Bryce. Uh, when he, I think he's doing equipped for the next couple of years. He's a absolute beast. And then there's Adrian, who is you know no one to. He's no slouch. Uh, oh yeah, so yeah. He have... had a great day at nationals. Adrian, both of them did. Um, but yeah, having having those two guys to. To look up to and kind of chase after is like I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And having a, you know, a deep a deep class, it's good for everyone. It's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, it uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. What What do you think about this uh, little bit of an equipped resurgence? It's kind of it's kind of cool to see guys coming back to the equipped lifting. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch. That's for sure. It's it's slowly coming around. I know in in BC, there's been more and more interest. Um, had a few people kind of asking me more and more questions about, you know, the shirt and what type of suit to get and everything. So I think it was bound to happen with, you know, how big classic got and how quickly it grew and people are kind of looking for the next, um, the next thing. And, um, it can definitely be attractive to, you know, the technicians in the sport. They can, I, I definitely think that they will be kind of, um, drawn to the, the equipped side of things. It, it's a it's kind of cool probably cool for you from your perspective because you, you've been a guy who's been an equipped lifter for a really long time and never um never really did that transition over to the classic side of things right um yeah yeah like i when i started in 2011 it was that's what powerlifting was it was equipped lifting and West side barbell <laughs> <laughs> well that's it's true in that it was very club oriented or almost team oriented in that sense um, you know, you had a group of people and, you know, Monday everyone got in their suit and they squatted and Wednesday you got in your shirt and you benched and it was kind of more of a, a team atmosphere in that sense. Um, but yeah, when I, when I started out, it was equipped and, um, a couple guys started, were starting to go classic at that point. I remember at my first meet, a few people were doing a classic and it was just when it was starting to, uh, kind of come on the upswing um but yeah it's interesting i i love seeing it happen i know for for a while there weren't many of us in in bc it was pretty well adam ramsey myself and uh a couple other guys kind of keeping the flame going but i'm uh, <laughs> really enjoying uh 
seeing it uh, become a little bit more prevalent. Yeah, I think uh, I think Bryce has had a lot to do with that with his YouTube channel. Yeah, really. Yeah, I just can't say enough about that. It's the educational component has been so good, and it made it a lot more accessible, I think, um, for people uh, to start out. So he's he's done a fantastic classic job with with his tutorials and um and on youtube there it's really it's actually pretty fun um like i'm pretty new to the gear i've done uh i did a meet in november uh my first meet there was equipped um and then i did nationals equipped um but it's just uh it's a really it's a learning curve like you know you're, you're used to your raw technique and you know you can get a position and kind of fight back uh battle back to get in a position but when you're in a when you're in a bench shirt and you get out of position, it's just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're up yeah. creek without a paddle if you get a you get into a bad position. Yeah, yeah, that's the like it takes time, I think, and that's where that's the beauty of it too is that you know it's like um, you know delayed gratification, but like even more extreme because you really have to figure out your technique and. You know, it takes a while, but once it clicks and you've figured out that bench groove and you have it locked in, like, you know, it, it just feels awesome, right? Yeah, and there's something to be said for, like, uh, I, I know you haven't really dabbled with this. Um, you haven't been tested your raw maxes in a long time, but um, for me, I, I lift equipped and, and raw. Um, I've found that walking out squats now, raw, is like nothing because I'm used to walking out over a hundred more pounds um, yeah, regularly, okay. right? So like if I'm if I'm walking out uh, six hundred plus pounds in in equipment and training, when I'm walking out, you know, mid fives raw, it doesn't feel heavy at all. Like it's just like yeah, it feels like nothing. Yeah, there's definitely room for them, the two disciplines to complement each other. I think, and I think that's been shown by you know just phenomenal athletes like Adam and uh bryce and raya um performing very well in in both disciplines yeah i think there's plenty of room for them to be complimentary well it's it's funny i'm in this like group chat with a couple guys um who are junior powerlifters uh we have like an equipped um junior uh group chat team team this year like a team group chat kind of thing on facebook and uh it was funny one of the guys screenshotted a group like a, a message from a group he's in from a powerlifting club and he was like uh they were saying you know these guys who are going equipped they're really going to cheat themselves on raw strength and then you know we we're all like i don't think so like these guys who like last year at nationals adam ramsey who's a lifelong equipped lifter you know he goes and goes raw just for fun and then decimates the the pack right yeah and Ray yeah. does the same thing and and you know like these guys bryce does the same thing in his class so it's like um I just don't think it's true and I think it's just uh I think there's like there's this weird thing that people do and they they like to be on a team and anyone who's not on their team they don't like <laughs> you know what I mean like it's like equip versus yeah. raw and it's yeah, just a weird weird thing and I don't understand it and I don't like especially being a guy who does both it's just like yeah. we all are there to do the same thing we're all there to you know pr total pr lifts and have fun you know what i mean like it's just like such an unnecessary fight yeah i think once more people try it out they'll they'll kind of understand that you know it's not necessarily gonna take away from your raw lifts i know for myself there the two disciplines are like entirely different things 
Um, like I, I just consider myself an equipped lifter. And like you said, I don't, you know, I don't do a lot of heavy raw work. Um, but at the same time, part of that is because, you know, my, my raw squad and my equipped squad are so, so yeah. different in, in technique and, you know, stance and everything. So it kind of depends on, on the type of lifter you are. Um, like I know watching lifters like Adam, um, his, his raw squat and his equipped squat look very similar in mechanics. So it, it makes sense that he would do well in, in both disciplines. So yeah. it kind of de- depends on the type of athlete you are. Yeah. For people that don't know, John Wesley is an extremely wide squatter. Um, he gets his legs out really wide, like uh, kind of like David Wilson and a uh, little bit more upright uh, chest position, but really, really gets uh, a wide stance. And I've, tried to like do that raw just playing around and it's like my groin's gonna fucking tear yeah i, I wouldn't be able to do it raw either i, mean, I don't know how, how you do that most of the there. yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy that you have that kind of mobility but uh yeah man <laughs> that's pretty wild <laughs> hips don't lie that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh you're you're really hitting a good groove with your bench here um what uh what do you think you're gonna be putting up at provincials for your bench press i don't know i mean um honestly like it's been a long ride with bench it's been like legitimately you know two and a half kilos per meet you know five kilo two and a half kilo prs i think i've been doing two and a half kilo prs for the last like three or four meets so it's been a slow grind um i had a couple things click in in preparation for nationals and managed uh uh, seven and a half kilo PR, which isn't, you know, isn't massive, but it was a nice little, uh, upward trend. And the way that, that, um, PR moved, it was very you had indicative. More in the tank, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a couple things have clicked and part of that was just figuring out the right shirt for me and how to tweak it. And a couple different, um, training strategies. We started getting into the shirt more frequently. Um, something I, I had spoken to Avi and, um, Ryan and Rhea Stinabout was getting the shirt twice a week, which did a lot for um, kind of really dialing in my technique and also getting in some extra lockout. So lockout work. So I don't know. We'll see what uh, what happens at, at Provincials. Um, you know, I'd like to really, really start pushing bench and, and kind of make it my, my lift. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Nice. What did you bench at Nationals? 240 or 242 or? 245. 245. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, that was a breeze that left. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting kind of attempt to attempt, uh, things got better with each attempt, which isn't something that would normally happen <laughs> unequipped, right? Um, but, uh, we made the right adjustments and, uh, you made some good coaching calls, so we, we made it happen, but grinding out the opener and then, um, you know, hitting my third 10 kilos heavier, like it was an opener was, uh, a little different, but, yeah, no. uh, I'll t- for uh, for a coach, that would be a weird thing to to look at. Like you you know your you know your athletes capable of more because you guys have been working together for quite a long time. But um, watching watching your athlete like you know grind out a, a bench that he, you know he can smoke any day, and then you know not knowing what to put in for the second attempt, <laughs> putting in the yeah, attempt. I mean, he, he trusted me, right? And yeah, uh, that's one he made thing. a small jump up, and uh, you know it was the right call. Have do you do you work on um, with your athletes? Do you work on making like a good uh, bond like that? Um, 
uh, like just work on getting to know your athletes really good and uh, being able to make those, you know, quick decisions. Like powerlifting between attempts, you get one minute to put in your attempt, right? So it's not it's not a very long time you have to think um, strategically for what your next attempt is. You know, there's not a lot of time to have a conversation. It's very quick um, decisions you need to be making. So do you, do you uh, build up that relationship with your athletes and, and get to know them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a you know, especially now with coaching being, you know, primarily online, a lot of times programming for people, you have to be like, I, I try to be very intentional at the very beginning to say, you know, like we need to have a lot of communication here initially so that we can kind of figure out each other and so that I can learn, you know, how they feel about a certain set, you know, it might, might've been a pretty, pretty tough rep that I saw and then they might think it was easier or, you know, so many athletes, um, are, they're, all the, every athlete's so different, right? So, um, taking time to really listen is, is super important. I think, um, I have a, I have a nice, I've really enjoyed it at uh, my local gym here. I've been coaching a number of athletes and I get the opportunity to kind of watch them as I'm training um, so I get to really kind of get it firsthand, the information, which, which has been great. Um, it, I've noticed it's a lot easier to figure them out, you know, when you're obviously when you're in person. So, um, yeah, with, with online programming, you just have to be really, really intentional about, about communication on, on both ends. Um, it's a huge part of, um, coaching. And like you said, those, those split, split, um, split second decision, decisions, you got, you know, 45 seconds to make the call. Um, a lot of times you have to know kind of ahead of time and have a few options. Um, yeah, that, that trust is definitely super important. Absolutely. Um, so kind of shifting gears here, uh, what, uh, what are some of your, you know, your grand, like you're, you're in the open class. Would you like to, uh, you know, obviously you're going to want to win nationals. That's obviously a goal, but how do, how do you see yourself getting there? What's, uh, what's your kind of plan of attack and what are your goals in, in equip lifting? Um, yeah, I mean, goal setting is an interesting one for me, but I think in general, like to improve my placing in, in the 105s, I, I really need to push my squad up and I need to, you know, basically I need to have, um, you know, the best, the best bench in Canada at that weight class to be, you know, to be more competitive, um, I think it's kind of more my strong suit and there's plenty more there. Uh, but we'll see, you know, goals. I, I like to kind of keep close to the heart and, and just tell them to, you know, your coach. And I know that some people like to kind of Both. put it out there and that's, that's motivating, but I like to keep them, keep them close. You keep the cards close um, to your chest. eh? Yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> one of those things over time I've learned it's, it's better for me to, um, to keep them close. I always found if I, if I, the more people I told about my goals, the better I felt about myself and I was basically getting some gratification without even reaching accomplishing the goal. Right. And I remember listening to Dave Tate talk about that with his goals as well and, and kind of decided, okay, with, with my big goals, I need to kind of keep those, keep those close. But, um, I think having, you know, short term goals meet to meet and having, you know, okay, this meet, I really want to do better on this, um, is important. So, I mean, for provincials, I really want to, um, you know, I want to push my bench up and have it beyond 250 for sure. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I think that that kind of thing. Um, you know, people, a lot of people are big into visual visualization and uh, the law of attraction and putting it out there. You know, so it uh, becomes um, more more possible. You know, in their mind. But I think that depends on the athlete because you're you're quite the methodical guy, right? You're more stoic and uh, to yourself in the warm up room, like quiet, um, kind of like a like a Jedi, if you will. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, whereas I am, uh, you know, pretty high energy and and um, just more. I, I I like to put it out there, but yeah. But I mean, whatever works for you know the individual. But oh yeah, I don't I don't think one one approach is better than the other. It's it's totally up for to you, people. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're uh, you're a very methodical guy. Have you always been that way, kind of methodical and and uh, planning ahead kind of thing? Yeah, I, I I think so. I think that's part of what you know equipped lifting. That's part of the the appeal of it to me is um, you can be you're rewarded for being, you know, very methodical and technical and kind of almost over analytical with, with things. Um, yeah, I guess so. That's, I mean, probably always been that way. It's just like personality trait. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I saw on your Instagram page, this is kind of taking a different avenue, but, uh, I saw on your, your Instagram page, um, there was, uh, it's, this has nothing to do with powerlifting, but, um, I saw on your Instagram page that you were doing some training. It was like mental strength training uh, with a team, and they were all in like a lake, kind of like Navy SEAL oh, training. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, yeah. That was, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, I, I'm blanking on his name. He was a kind of a sports psych type of guy. Um, he, he was in um, Canadian military for a long time, and now he, he works with a lot of teams um, kind of, uh, team building. And, um, a lot of times teams will use him Leadership at the beginning kind of, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, character development. And, um, sometimes he'll come in with teams that are having, you know, internal issues and help them resolve it. So he, he came to kind of our, our initial, uh, getaway camp and did some fun, um, kind of military esque style, <laughs> uh, it was just some some fun team building stuff, and he had them in the water, kind of doing team sit ups and, and everything. I had to kind of like close my strength and conditioning eyes and just watch watch it from a fun team building perspective. But on the inside, I was you know some of the stuff was a little bit um, detrimental to or, or you know oppositional to my my training philosophies. But, <laughs> but it served its purpose, and the athletes really really right. enjoyed. It. And um, some of the things that he he introduced, we we really adopted and um, kept as a, a constant throughout the year. Um, and the athletes really bought into it. So for that group of athletes, it, it worked really well. And he was he was a blast. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, that type of training can be can be um, super productive for athletes. I think that kind of, um, turning it back into powerlifting, I think that kind of thing can be really beneficial to powerlifters because I think, um, a lot of powerlifters have this alpha male-esque, uh, kind of personality, you know, they're like very, you know, you go into a powerlifting meet in the back room and everyone's kind of eyeballing each other. Um, it depends on the, on the meet, but a lot of meets like you know if it's uh if you, if you don't know the guys you're kind of just like looking around and and eyeballing each other and mad dogging each other a little bit you know <laughs> and uh 
But one thing is for sure, a lot of alpha males are insecure because they puff their chest out like this and they put this big facade out. But a lot of alpha males are very insecure. And I watched a David Goggins video on, do you know who that is, David Goggins? Yeah. The yeah. ultra marathon runner. He has this great yeah. video on YouTube and it's about how like most alpha males are very insecure uh, inside. It's really interesting, and I think that that's so true. You go to go to a powerlifting meet, and you can see it, man. All these guys are like walking around with their chests out, and like, you know, they're the like the cock of the walk, and they're just like, you can tell, like, it's such a fucking phony, bullshit, yeah. fucking facade. I think, I think you'll mostly find that at, at local meets with people who are, you know, succeeding yeah. and winning local meets. Yeah, um, I think you'll, you'll see. Yeah, like you'll see people who will go way out of their norm and what they would normally do in training, where they'll, you know, stick their chest out and yell and scream like wild before a lift. And I think you're right in that that is totally based in either fear or insecurity. And, um, you know, once you've kind of, you know, submitted to that insecurity and fear and you've, you're yelling and screaming before your lifts, then I think you're in trouble at that point because you're, you're kind of out of your, uh, your normal routine. Yeah. But as far as like the you know um, walking around like you're you know Conor McGregor, I think that uh, usually you see that at, at local meets. And once once people get to a higher level, they they see um, how uh, you know the elite athletes um, act. And uh, you know, I mean, you've you've been to nationals a few times now, and you've seen you know the level of professionalism that that the best athletes have and uh you know it's just a process of growing for for those athletes a lot of time well yeah i think i think it can be a dichotomy i think it can be you know like um absolutely i get fired up for lifts like i like to to hit the nose torque hard and get a slap on the back and yell a little bit um i do like to get fired up but it's uh there's definitely a difference between you know the guy who's just yelling and screaming for attention and uh Yeah. And the guy who's, you know, just, it's just a natural thing. Like I watched, I watched some of my videos back and I didn't even realize that I was doing it, uh, in some of the videos. So it's like, it's a natural thing for me. It's kind of like, <laughs> like, I guess it's like a war cry, I guess maybe. Yeah. I mean, if that's your routine and that's what, what you need, um, before lifts, then I think, you know, you stick to what you, you do in training and what you're used to for sure. I don't know how these guys walk out to the bar, like so calm and just like, take a deep breath and then lift the weight. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't understand it at all. Like, it's just like, I just, I just don't get it. I feel like I need the adrenaline going and, uh, yeah. I mean, people show it in different ways though, you know, yeah. on the inside, those, those athletes can be, uh, they get pretty fired fired up on up. the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times <laughs> you'll see it in their, you know, their celebration. I, I know for myself, I don't like showing a lot before, before lifts. I'll, I'll save that for afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You're, def- you're that yeah. stoic kind of lad uh <laughs> the white mace window if you will um, <laughs> i got the bald head for it so that works <laughs> no he, he shaved the beard but yeah uh, but yeah i think a lot of powerlifters could really benefit from being less fragile on game day uh abby and i kind of touched on this but um you see so many athletes after they miss an attempt just flip out and uh really lose their cool and it's just like you see it a lot in young lifters, but you know you see it in lifters that have been to nationals and even been to worlds, and and it's just like a tell maybe of their personality. But um, 
it's just they would benefit so much i think from from just doing some mental training like that uh tying it back to that stuff in the water there like toughening yourself mentally uh to get to the next level uh, i think the the two can really play hand in hand yeah yeah definitely and i think that is um a lot of that is based in um how you train and how you how you act when you train right like if you're you can't let yourself fly off the handle when you train. You have to stop yourself and uh, make sure you're you're training with discipline um, and catch those those negative emotions before they they take over. So it comes back to how you train, and um, you know, on game day training takes over. So if you're someone who freaks out in your in your gym or your club or whatever when you miss a lift, like that's going to come up it on on game day for sure. Another part about like lifting with those guys in the back room like we had a pretty stacked flight for our our flight like there was a lot of like really world-class lifters and uh you know like Bryce uh Krawcheck he wrapped his knees way too early for his first squat attempt and he couldn't even feel yeah. his legs and yeah. he's, he's a guy who's been to worlds many times you know like he's he's been there and done that and you know it just goes to show that even the most experienced guys can still make mistakes but what he didn't yeah. do after he missed that attempt was come in the back and throw his shit and freak out. He's like, he just said to his his people, he's like, oh yeah, like I wrapped too early and couldn't feel my legs, so I'll just not yeah, do that I mean, on the next one. A, yeah, he's a pro, <laughs> and you know it's definitely it's it's a testament to the level of professionalism he has. You know, you miss your opener, you come back. I think they even added a little bit of weight. Yeah, they did. Um, came back and and hit that second attempt. No, no problem, right? So, um, yeah, he's a pro. Yep. When you, when you were at Worlds, did you uh, did you get to lift with Rubitz? Yes. What yeah. was that like? Um, you know what? I tried. I I tried to be intentional about not watching too much because okay. um, immediately I wanted to watch everything that the Russians and Ukrainians were doing. To you know, like I wanted to pull out a notepad and, and <laughs> but I like okay, I have to compete right now, right? So. I had to kind of stop myself from, uh, you know, getting too uh, sucked into yeah. to watching them. Um, but, yeah, like, coming back to professionalism, like, those guys are, uh, like, they go to work, right? They're they're a team, and they, they just go in and they execute. Like, it's um, it was kind of cool to watch that. I mean, the guy, is, it seems like his approach is just, you know, he hits these massive weights, but... And he's a teammate. Yeah, but to him, it's it's just um, it's expected, right? Yeah, it's not it's, a big deal. That's that's what he it's trained standard, for. Standard, right? Yeah, that's that's the expectation was was to hit that weight, right? So that that kind of stood out to me more than anything, I'd say. He has a very he, like he has a very high standard for himself. So um, yes, you know anything less would be like what what you know what happened, which to everybody else on the world stage, that would be like their goal for the day. You know, like their ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, uh, when he hits the weight, it's not, it's almost as though it's like, it's not a big deal because that's, it, of course I would hit the weight. That's, that was the expected outcome. Yeah, it's right? like when you open a Christmas present and you like, you peeped in your mom's closet like, you know, three weeks before <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool, I'm getting this. This yeah. is cool. Like, <laughs> he just knows it's yeah. happening and he doesn't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was, there was definitely between, uh, him and uh, Billy and um, a couple of the other Russians and Ukrainians, Mashinkov, um, a lot of different styles of lifting and uh, watching the way the different T 
teams kind of operated on their different platforms was really cool. That was something I hadn't really seen before. Um, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. Now for, for you on, um, on a, some more on equipped powerlifting here, uh, for you with a, with gear, are you a fan of really tight gear? Are you a fan of, uh, some, you know, some people like, like looser gear. Like I was talking to Rhea Stin at, at nationals and she was saying Blaine hits depth with like no weight at all. He hits depth with yeah. really light weights in his suit. He doesn't need a tight suit to, to hit these big weights. And that's something that I've been wondering about, uh, because I just ordered a new suit. I ordered a size down. I was in a 48 and I ordered a 46, but now I'm kind of got my brain going and I'm like, shit, like, what well, what if I can't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it changes everything, right? Yeah. So yeah, what, what are I your mean, thoughts on that? Yeah, Blaine, with his squat suit, I mean, I think in the last month or so at least, he put out a a video on Instagram where it showed him and all his warm-ups, and he was hitting, oh, he was hitting depth, straps up, full gear. Yeah, at, nothing. Like, I don't even, it was like 70%, man, like maybe less. Yeah. Um. So for his style of squat, I think any tighter of a suit, it's just going to, throw him around um that much more um and he's so strong you know that he can he can just manhandle that weight right um for me with like i i started with pretty loose gear i started out with um metal metal is no longer ipf approved um but i started out with uh, metal as my squat suit and deadlift suit and it's the fabric of that is very very forgiving and soft kind of like a Uh, so it didn't really matter how tight it was. It, it just, it had a lot of give to it. So that's kind of where I started. And then I upgraded to, uh, you know, the Titan Super Centurion. And I started loose and, and kind of worked my way in. And to be honest, like even just for, um, just for nationals, um, it was the first time I had really tightened up the straps and customized my, my suit. Um, but I, I think now comparatively, I probably wear fairly tight gear. Uh, but it's taken a long time to get there, and I don't really notice it as much anymore. Um, so I wear I wear a 42 um, Super Centurion now at at 105. Okay. Um, I've tried to get a 40 on, and I I just haven't been able to. Uh, like I've spent like half an hour trying to get it on, <laughs> and I, have, I haven't been able to get it seated. I know um, I've seen other 105s use 40s and even 38s. I know Rubitz has used some crazy tight stuff. But it, it just depends um, where you're at and how, how much you've, you know, been doing it. Um, you know, if you're just starting out, I don't think getting in super tight gear is wise. No. I think you need to get in something that at least, you know, anchors in on the skin and, and actually does what it's supposed to do. But um, not so much that you can't even, you know, think about squatting that it's so, you know, restrictive. I think you kind of have to ease into it. Um, and I, as far as shirts go, um, I've, I've learned that tighter is definitely not always better for, for the shirt. Uh, I fought with um, a size down shirt for, you know, I don't know, 10 weeks straight, 12 weeks straight in preparation for nationals. And I hit like, I think I hit three successful touches in it because it was such a battle. Um, and then the final week we kind of made the call. Like, okay, man, we like, we got to go up back up to the loose shirt and, um, it was the right call and actually doing all the work in the tighter shirt made that loose shirt feel, um, super workable. I, I could manipulate it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I was just super inconsistent in, in the tight shirt. And at a certain point, it, you know, if you're, if your hit rate is like 
you know, one in five benches, you're going to get successful. It's at a certain point, it's not worth it. Yeah. You need to be hitting, hitting the bullseye. Um, and Avi sent me a video, uh, probably like 10 weeks out of nationals or maybe 10 or eight weeks out. And he sent me this video and he was like, super, super into it. He was like, yeah, uh, Billy, you know, I've seen you be accurate and hit the center of the bullseye before, but I need you to be precise. And precision, yeah. precision is hitting the bullseye every time you hit. Yeah. You know? Yes. And being yeah. accurate is being able to hit the bullseye, but being precise is hitting the bullseye consistently. And if you're if you're hitting the bullseye, you know, one in five tries, and other times you're not even hitting the board, then it's like your your rate of success is so all over the place that even expecting to to have a good a good showing on game day is just unrealistic. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you can't get a you know a good bench in, then it doesn't matter. You know, nothing matters. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> these these guys, they I, f- I find a lot of people like they they go they get on Instagram and I think we're all kind of guilty of this, but they get on Instagram, and they're like they post something and they're like, oh, you know, smoked smoked whatever number it is uh can't wait to hit this hit, can't wait to smoke this uh random number at the meet and they're like you know an inch or two high and they have some you know technical issues and it's like slow down man like you, you gotta just you gotta do it technically precise not not only you know move the weight you gotta you gotta have technical precision as well yeah yeah precision is key there definitely especially in equipment it's um you know, even more um, of a factor. I mean, things can get pretty dicey when you're when you're not precise, and um, especially in the shirt. You know, if you're if you're off by an inch, a lot of times um, you're not going to get that rep. No, like uh, I notice whenever I when I'm benching, I if I touch, um, and when I if, when I'm on my chest, if I just press uh, up, I'm fucked. But if I yeah. if I can throw it back then I'm very high percentage of getting that bench. Um, but I, I have been having this problem lately where when I get it to my chest, I feel like I'm starting to black out. I don't know if you've ever had that, but, uh, and then I kind of start to, to panic almost. And I just throw the bar and it doesn't necessarily go back. Sometimes it goes up. Um, but, uh, I don't know what that is. Avi said it was a nerve in my, under my, uh, breastbone or something that's getting pushed on it's making me want to pass out i don't know what it is but uh it's definitely yeah. and something i need to work on there I th- yeah i mean that that could be a number of things like you said something might be getting cut off at that point um it if you're wearing are you wearing like a tighter shirt than normal no i'm wearing a size 50 super katana um, okay so it's pretty loose like you saw me get it on right like it's like yeah a (laughs) t-shirt like you guys were laughing at me (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i mean that could be a number of things i think i think people a lot of times when they're starting out in the shirt and they start handling you know kind of heavier weights they uh you know you just that feeling of pressure can can get to you but over time you'll you'll get used to that and get more comfortable at the bottom you know touching a weight and being able to stay down there and handle you know handle the pressure i think that takes a bit of time to to adapt to that uh so that might be part of it yeah 
it's uh it's all just a learning curve at the end of the day for Keep sure being patient yeah so i know you got to get going to work here man but uh the last uh last really question i have is we kind of covered a bit of it but what's next for you in powerlifting and how how do you want to you know what are your your goals for the next year or so i mean uh, yeah what's next is um for myself is i mean right now it's now i'm already thinking of nationals next year and like i said and improving the placing um to hopefully qualify for some bigger things and you know, process objectives along the way to to line that up and and set it up are, are going to be key. Um, I'm probably going to do like I'm going to do uh, provincials three lift, and then I'll likely just fill the rest of the year uh, with as many bench only competitions as I can to really really dial that lift in. Like I said, yeah. Should come over to the uh, come over to the island in in September or November, sorry, and do the uh, lift the rock meet. Yeah, yeah, I've seen uh, you guys have had some more equipped lifting out there at uh, the club Victoria Barbell there as well. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, a couple guys there getting into the equipment. It's it's fun to see it come back, and um, it's uh, it's a lot of people just think it's like oh they're gonna throw the gear on and and they're gonna like you know squat a hundred more pounds or bench hundred more pounds, and it's it's uh, it's very humbling <laughs> to say the yeah, least. Yeah, it's definitely humbling. But once you once you get those clean reps in where everything's in the right position and the suit or the shirt is where it should be and the weight really moves it, that's when you know it starts to click and things can get kind of addicting from from then on right it oh. just takes a bit of time but um, once it clicks a lot of people they just uh, it's hard to kind of go back there's definitely something to be said like Mayher told me this uh a while ago he was saying um you know like equipment or equip meets are so much more like intense and when you go back to a raw meet it's not as fun and it, it's you know raw meets are all powerlifting's powerlifting it's fun at the end of the day either way but there's something about an equip meet where you're like you you start to wrap and you're getting your gear on it's just like such such an intense uh thing. yeah and then you yeah. know you're, you're walking out weights that are super maximal and it's just like it's something else yeah the, the timing of it all i've i've had a number of people ask me you know like you should do it a, an unequipped meet and honestly like i can't I can't imagine getting ready for squats and, you know, just kind of like snapping my lever belt and walking <laughs> on the platform, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I have to be thinking, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, four lifters out. I've got to think about wrapping my knees right now. Straps and, up. You know, all right. Get the straps going. <laughs> it's just, um, there's so much more to it for me. Um, I can't, I can't really imagine, um, you know, the unequipped side you know like you said powerlifting is powerlifting and i love the sport but um for me it's just uh, like you know it, it adds that le- different level of, of excitement and um um yeah like there's room for room for drama when when guys uh mistime their their the raps or you know different things can happen right absolutely man it's uh it's definitely fun i'm excited to keep going with it and my next couple meets here are going to be equipped. I'm going to do equipped bench only. Uh, I'd like to really put a good bench up there. And then uh, World Championships in August, Junior World Championships. So I'm really excited to do that. I can't believe that I'm already, you know, only three years into powerlifting coming up and already going to Worlds. It's like Yeah, we're looking crazy. forward to, uh, to watching you represent, man. That'll be... Uh... It'll be. It's good that you're doing it. It'll. It'll only do you know good things for your your growth in the sport. And 
Um, like I, I was lucky and very fortunate to have the opportunity to go to Worlds and as a as the second 105 behind behind Adrian. But um, I always encourage people to do go for the highest possible level meet you can to you know surround yourself with better lifters to learn from, and um, it just kind of it raises your your standard. Absolutely. So I know, I know for me, doing Worlds was was one of the best things I I you know have done for for my lifting. It, it's um, it taught me a lot, and um, it made me that much more accountable. And um, yeah, it it only does good things for you in in you know making sure that you're not you know a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, the thing that's a big thing is like right now, my training. I'm the only really the only competitive powerlifter at my gym. Uh, there's a couple of people that have, I've kind of got going into powerlifting, but, um, I'm the only really the competitive powerlifter at my gym. And I feel like, uh, if I started training around other powerlifters, especially, um, for equipped, it would really just take my game to the next level. And I really want to look into doing that the next bit here. Yeah, it definitely, uh, environment makes, makes that much more of a difference, especially when you're around strong people i know like moving to uh to north vancouver here and starting to train out of genesis athletic club um i guess almost almost two years now um was a huge thing for me because I, I started to train around um at the time jackson and spencer was training for worlds and pushing some just just crazy weights right yeah. uh, just phenomenal athlete absolute beast. and um there's some a weapon some really yeah exactly yeah he's a weapon yeah <laughs> and uh, some awesome really really strong cpl lifters and a number of bcpa lifters as well moving um some big weights and being surrounded by that really really makes a difference in in training it, it makes you kind of look at your own what's on your bar and and um, you know, reminds you that there's room to grow, and um, you you won't be as unsettled by you know pushing yourself and adding a little bit more more weight on the bar. It's always room uh, for one more red. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's definitely something to be said about about training environment. Um, it's kind of one of those intangibles, but it, it really does have have an impact. Right on, man. Well, uh, I know you got to get going here, so thank you for coming on and. Uh, if you have any closing statements, uh, where can people reach you? And um, are you taking any athletes if people are interested in coaching, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm always always interested to hear from athletes and um, any inquiries or anything. Um, I guess Instagram is probably the easiest. It's just JW Cummings on, on Instagram. Um, yeah. Wicked, man. Well, uh, you did great on your first podcast. I, you know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell, so... Uh, Maybe uh, maybe after provincials or something, I'll have you back on. We can do a recap and talk more equip lifting. Yeah, man, would love to do it. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I'd love to get over to do some training with you as well um, in yeah. Vancouver as well. So we'll we'll uh, we'll keep in touch here. Yeah, man, we'll hit some weights. Wicked, man. Thank you. All right, all the best. Bye. Yeah. All right, so that was John Leslie Cummins. He uh, he's an equip lifter, and good talk with him. Um, next week here, we're going to have little Joe Reber on the podcast. Uh, she is someone who is an international level lifter. She's, uh, I think she's a two-time national champion. I could be wrong. Um, she's going to bench worlds here in Japan coming up and, uh, she's a absolute monster, a uh, big bencher and uh, very interesting career she has too. So, uh, please, uh, like this podcast, share it. And uh, thank you for your guys' support. Out.